What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week. Helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're joining us today. It's good to be here. That's um, right. Yeah, we're, we love you guys, and we're glad that you're you're one of our listeners. And all, like always, if you have questions, you can send them in to us at strap at AriseDenver.com or mwolf at AriseDenver.com. Mm-hmm. We'd love to get to those. And today we're going to talk about what Sawyer discussed in the message on Sunday. This last Sunday the message was next-gen investment, one of our core values here mm-hmm. at the church. Actually, one of the longest-standing core values here yeah, at the church. True. So, Sawyer and Ariel Truckee, our kids' ministry director, co-taught to talk about what we do as a church and why it's so important. Mm-hmm. And it is important, isn't it? It is important, yeah. Um, I, I think on this podcast I've talked before about a book called Revolutionary Parenting mm-hmm. by George Barna. Uh, just a great study. Barna, of course, does great study um, and, and research. And one of the things they found, just listen to these three statistics, that only th- – this was in 2007, mind you. So mm-hmm. th- this is a little dated. I think it's probably only worse. But as of uh, that time, only 36% of adolescents fully believe that the Bible is accurate. Mm-hmm. Only – 19%, that's w- less than one out of every five, only 19% think that they have a responsibility to ter- tell their peers about Jesus. And not even half, only 46% say their religious faith is very important in their lives. Wow. And, yeah, I think all those numbers have only gone down. So I think we, so. I've seen the first number that the biblical review is as low as a quarter, 25%. Sure. And this is um, looking at a lot of people but I think we should look at our own kids and see this is probably the normality of of what they're being raised in yeah that's so true yeah what we're going to dive into today is is right on that so Ariel and I if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the message I I really do encourage you to listen to it not just because I preached it not just because (laughs) I'm in charge of our student ministry but because I really think it dives into why next-gen investment matters, why we do prioritize families in the next generation um, to produce disciples that make disciples. That's the core value. But what we're going to talk about today is, like, how do we actually, as parents, um, invest in our children? How do we actually, given that, given the realities of the world today that our children and, and students are living in, how do we actually make our children encourage them value them, bring about them to be followers of Jesus, to be disciples. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, turn off because I'm not a parent um, either yet or, you know, kids are out of the home, yep. please listen anyways mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of these things will apply if you're a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, or even just like the cool older friend. Yes, and or the uncool older friend. Un- you can be uncool too. <laughs> yeah. And as we encouraged you in the message is that 
having that non-parental adult, that mentor, that person they can turn to is so wildly important in the life of our children. Did you have any of those people in your life? I know that's one of the things we're going to talk about community group, but did you have any people that were really did. important in your I, life? I was blessed to have quite a few people. Um, mm-hmm. So um, my parents had some family friends that were like second grandparents to us that basically helped raise us. Um, he, w- uh, Daryl and Louise are their names. Daryl was a pastor, yep. and that was formational for me, seeing somebody that I knew, somebody I was close with, somebody that I looked up to, being a pastor. And and then in um, at church, I had a couple of amazing youth leaders um, that really spoke into my life, that cared about me, and even though I was wild and crazy and rambunctious, and <laughs> that was so vital in my life. Yeah. Yeah, um, myself included. I can think of uh, two guys that were my Sunday school teachers multiple times in mm, elementary yeah. school. Um, Mr. James <laughs> and Don, um, you know, both of them. I still know now. As oh, that's adults, awesome. You know, that's and, awesome. Um, Don and his wife came to my wedding even. You know, we were, love we were just looking at wedding pictures and love was that. like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, that's Don. That's you know? Don. He was my Sunday school teacher in fifth yeah. grade. And, that's awesome. You know, he, so those guys were important. And then yeah. into my middle school years, which are so formative, right? Absolutely. And you could go a lot of bad directions <laughs> as middle and I remember there was one guy started coming to our church, became our youth leader, and he had actually been my babysitter as a little kid. Okay, he lived in California, yeah. but then he was there in the Air Force, and my family gave him a room. He actually came and lived at our house mm, for a year. Wow. Was our youth leader at the church. Learned so much from That's him. Cool. Another, his name was Seth. Another youth leader named Mike. Yeah. Poured so much time into me and my brother. He's, he's mm-hmm. a year older than me. Spent so much time with us, even outside of church. Yeah. And it impacted us so much. Yeah, for sure. And you know these these guys. So I told my sister about this one time. My sister was almost the same age as Seth, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, you know." Seth wasn't, you know, like that mature. And I was like, but he was one step more mature than us, right? Yeah, just mature <laughs> enough. Yeah. He was a little bit, a few steps ahead of us. He mm-hmm. had knew a little bit more of the scriptures, knew a little bit. And just to see that, like, even if he was just half a step ahead of me, it would have been impactful for me. Right. So that's why I say, if you're listening to this, it's important for you, even if you're not having kids right now, because yeah. you can have an enormous impact in the life of a child or a teenager. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you are a parent listening, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to focus on you because yeah. I think it is as we've talked about it's just so vital for parents to be invested in the faith of their entire family. Mm-hmm. That even though even though if your kids are at Elevate Kids, if they're at Turbulence every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, they're going to every single camp, every single retreat, it's at best about 40 days. Mm. 40 days that we collectively get as a church to minister, to love, to disciple your children. And time out. That's if you bring your kids to church every single week. If they never get sick, (laughs) they never have a sport commitment. Which you should bring them every week to church. You should bring them every week to turbulence. And so if you do all those things, that's 40 days. 40 days. 40 days of time. Which is a lot, and that's why we have these ministries at church. That's sure. why we have people like myself and Ariel over these ministries doing our best to raise up adult volunteers to invest in our children and students here at Arise Church Denver. Yep. But it fails. It fails in comparison to the 936 weeks, <laughs> which is so crazy. Like being a parent now myself, having a one-year-old, knowing that i already already done with well, I guess 52 weeks, 118th of those that time period. Yeah. It's crazy, but like 936 weeks is a really, really long time. It's a really short time. It goes in a flash. I can't believe Lucy's already almost 15 months old. Yep. 
But think if we were intentional as parents about bringing faith conversations, bringing spiritual conversations, about modeling for our kids, about allowing them to ask questions, about um, talking through difficult times and experiences in our life as parents with our children, obviously respective of their age, but what if we were really intentional about each and every moment in those 936 weeks that we get to shape and invest and disciple our children? Yeah, you guys brought up Deuteronomy chapter 6, mm-hmm. and it's actually repeated very similarly in Deuteronomy chapter 11, yeah. but either mm-hmm. one that you look at, it's like, these commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your lips, like, mm-hmm. impress them on your children, impress them, you know, like right. you're Im- impressing Make, them. Press it into <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah, like pushing it into them so yeah. that when you let go, it's still pushed into them, you know, it's kept the imprint, right? Right. Like that image, like I want to push so hard that you don't want to push too hard that you scar them, but you want to push them mm, hard yeah. enough so that it stays in there for a lifetime that mm-hmm. you impress them. You talk about it, like you said, when you sit down, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, you had a great explanation of that. I love that in the Thank message you. on Sunday. Because, yeah, it's it's at night. It's in the morning. It's praying before meals. It's when you're at home. It's when you go out. Mm-hmm. It's when you're running errands. It's Yeah, so let's talk yeah. about that. For someone maybe listening that hasn't done that or feels mm-hmm. awkward, like, um, I, I've never had spiritual conversations, how do I do that? So what suggestions do you have, Sawyer? Um, I got two easy ones right Let's off the bat. It. The first one is if your <laughs> kids or if you're going to church as a family or if your kids are going to Elevate Kids or if your students are going to Turbulence, talk about it with them after. Yeah. Say, what did you talk about? What what happened at Turbulence? What went on in your small group? Yep. Parents, if you're a Turbulence parent, ask them what questions suck out from their small group. Mm-hmm. These questions, I, I do my best for them to be impactful, to be applicable to their lives, and, and hopefully one sticks out to them. But just having that simple conversation on the drive home from church, or maybe something stuck out from you from the sermon on Sunday. Maybe they were in Elevate Kids. Talk about it with your kids. Yeah, and make it great parent cues. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you through Elevate Kids or mm-hmm. your Elevate Kids uh, serve team leader. But that's like a built-in way to start having those conversations in a really easy way. Yeah, you don't have to be a, you know a phenomenal Bible teacher that mm-hmm. knows Ezekiel backwards and forwards and like. You can borrow. You could, though. You could be. Yeah, yeah. you can do that. But you can borrow the insights of other people and just say, hey, what did you learn from it? Yeah, question. To impress it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You heard it now. Let's impress it in your heart. Yeah. And then the second thing would be start praying together as a family. Whether that's at a mealtime, something that my family did that (laughs) was a struggle during our teenage years, we still did it, was having a family recap time. We called it best part, worst part. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would go through it, and every person around the family would say the best part of the day, the worst part of the day, something that they're thankful for, something that they learned, and then we'd pray together as a family. Wow. And you don't have to go through all that. Like, eventually it got to a point where it would be like, my brother and I would brush through it. So we'd say, best part was the day, worst part didn't have one, didn't learn anything, I'm thankful for God. And then we'd pause and be like, hey, what's your real answers? <laughs> sure. But the thing is, is, like, being intentional with your time, whether that's praying with your kids, asking them What's going on in your life? Maybe they want to pray for one of your friends. Like, your children are old enough. They care about things. Whether they're a, a two-year-old and that they're caring about, I don't know, someone that I saw on the road or one of their friends in preschool or whether they're teenagers and, and they have real awareness of what's going on in their life, the life of their friends, the life of their family, just having that and beginning that maybe just with a simple prayer. Like, God, we thank you for this day. 
God, we bring these things before you. Keep us safe throughout tonight and allow us to bless other people. Just making that simple rhythm a part of your everyday life Mm -hmm. creates an intentional time where your kids, where your family, where you as a couple can gather around and pray with and for one another. And just working that into the daily rhythm of your everyday life is transformational. That that's great. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, and you know, I used to think you know, in order to raise Christian kids, you'd have to have like a fancy devotional. Like mm-hmm. I've I've seen some where it's like you have to get out the hymn book and you have to know how to hi- sing the hymns, like oh, yeah. a cappella, and then you ha- or have a piano in your living room and learn how to play the piano to do it. And then you go through the catechism and you mm-hmm. memorize the scripture and you do this. Like and that can feel so awkward and and, strange and daunting and daunting yeah. to think about it. But really, what's the most impactful in that book, Revolutionary Parenting, yeah. on the same thing. It's like, actually, when it's weaved into your life, like Deuteronomy 6 and 11 mm-hmm. says, when you're sitting down, when you're walking on the road, when you're out, all those things weaved into your life, whether it's prayer or just those conversations, is going to have such a huge impact. Mm-hmm. So I want you to just think, like, what's something, if you have kids right now, or if you're in that mentor role to mm-hmm. a kid or a grandchild, what's something in everyday life that I can include today? You know, yeah. or, or if you're not going to see the kids, maybe tomorrow, whenever you're listening to it. But in the next day, in the next week, what's one way you could weave it in mm-hmm. um, to a conversation? And you can do it in so many different ways. Right. You can do it in so... Look at that sunset. Isn't that amazing that God made that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, did you feel that wind? Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, just like you you can't see the wind, but you can feel it. That's kind of how God is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, as you know, like if your child has a bad day, ask him how they bad day praying with them and saying you know what even though during those difficult times like god still loves you Hmm. and i think it can when we think like man i only have 936 weeks to like not make sure my child lives raise them up provide everything i need like faith and and these faith conversations can feel like oh just another thing to lay on just another obligation but if we approach it as just yeah weaving it in i love that the metaphor of just weaving in faith to your everyday life making it so intertwined that it's you can't separate it right can we talk about something a little awkward right now so sure i think one of the hardest things about raising christian kids is the area of sexuality absolutely you know whether it's a kid a teenager like uh, i saw one statistic and i haven't dug into it to see if it's accurate or you know who they pulled or whatever but it was something like 80% 80% of people who get married have had sex before marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. And we hold a high view of, you know, biblical marriage, that sexuality is meant for marriage mm-hmm. and not for any other relationship, mm-hmm. right? Marriage between one man and one woman. And so 20% of our country, right? 20%. So that's really minority, yeah. okay? And I, I look at, you know, my own life and I'm like, well, you know, how would, were Melissa and I both able to be in the, the minority, the 20%? Like, mm-hmm. It's a, ch- it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge for anyone. And if you're listening to this, God has grace for everyone, right? And Absolutely. if you're like, uh-oh, I already failed um, before I got married, um, so I can't teach my kids about it, wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It doesn't matter if you have messed up a thousand times. And God has repentance and love, or I'm sorry, God has grace and forgiveness <laughs> for you, and you can still teach your kid what's right, okay? Absolutely. So don't let that get in the way of it. But I think back, like, what did my mom do right? What did mm. my dad do right? And it was annoying as crap. I'll just say that. It was annoying as crap. But every time when we watched TV or a movie with my mom, and we weren't allowed to watch 
anything, you sure. know, right? <laughs> okay, if your parents are strict, my parents are stricter, right? No <laughs> Simpsons ever, right? Nothing rated R. Like, I was super strict. Mm-hmm. But even if we were watching a TV show and it implied that people were sleeping together that weren't married, mm-hmm. my mom would either pause it or she would mute it and she'd say, we, are believe, we believe in Jesus and we don't do that. Mm. Every time. Mm. It annoyed the crap out of me. I'm I'm sure. like, I know, Mom. I've heard it. <laughs> but I heard it so many times and I saw, like... You know, that, okay, sexuality, I heard from them over and over again, the sexuality is for marriage, so that it just was ingrained. It was impressed upon me. And even though, of course, it's hard, you know, in our world when 80% of the world is doing things differently, you know, we can and and your kids can live a different path. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think we should always point to that greater path. Yeah, absolutely. That's following Jesus. Yeah, 100% And and you show them grace and forgiveness when they fail. (laughs) Okay? You didn't ask a question. Oh, was I supposed to ask a question? Well, I don't know. I thought you were asking me a question. Oh, I just wanted to ha- bring up an awkward Oh, you brought up an awkward conversation. Well, 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 I would say in response is that, yeah, that's 100% true. And that's and that's exactly what I um, try to encourage our parents to do, that I think we have in this mind from society that it's the talk. Yes. Like there is one <laughs> there is one singular moment where you sit your, I don't know, middle schooler or mm-hmm. maybe late elementary schooler down and you talk them all through it and then you're good. You're done. You check that box. You've had an awkward afternoon. Right. And then you're done. You don't have to ever mention it again. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. All it's the time. the talks. <laughs> the talk, 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 the talk, 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 I, talk. I can't even remember one specific talk from my parents. Right. It was all the time. I remember fifth grade, I was reading the Bible. This is great. Because when I was a fifth grader, I started really getting into the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if you start in the beginning, you get to some things like whores in semen that are like in the first book of the Bible. And I'm sure. like, I remember asking in front of my siblings who are older than me, like, Mom, what's a whore? Oh, gosh. And they laughed at me. They were making fun of me. But Mom, just like, well, this is what a whore is. And like, explain it to me very calmly because it's in the scriptures. Right. Guess what? The scriptures are sometimes R-rated. That's but you've got to talk about it. And my mom wasn't like embarrassed. She's mm-hmm. like, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know. That's awesome that you had such a that's an open conversation. That's awesome. But no, I think that I think that's such a amazing thing because yeah. here's what here's what often happens is that that primary source for a lot of our um, children and students to hear about sex is not from their parents. Mm-hmm. It's not from the church. Mm-hmm. It's from their friends. Yeah, and that's been true since basically all of time. Yeah, and so what would it look like? Jump into that awkwardness mm-hmm. to actually start to have those conversations as things come up, as your kids ask you questions, as they're reading the Bible, maybe, and they just come across this. But just to weave that as another element of your faith conversations in your household. Sure. And that's something that I've tried to do at Turbulence is that at Turbulence, you know, we're going to we're going to talk what, about what the Bible has to say about sexuality, about what the Bible has to say about how God designed marriage to be. Yep. And you do. I, mm-hmm. I sometimes look at the topics that Sawyer teaches about on Wednesday nights, and I'm like, wow, I wouldn't touch that. But he's <laughs> now, not, I wouldn't say it's easy. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you do that. You're yeah. willing to engage those subjects. Yeah. So if you're a parent here, send your teenager to Turbulence, <laughs> and don't let make it optional. Okay? Yeah. Make it expected. Okay? You don't force them, but it's expected yeah. uh, that they're going to do Right. And that's that, I, think, I think you framed it so well. It's not to say that just because we, quote, say the right things as parents or – Try to even instill that in our children. We have to acknowledge that ultimately it's out of our control. We can make a huge, huge impact. That if the Bible says that we train up our child in the way that that they should go, that they won't depart from it. That's right. But ultimately, our children are hearing a lot of messages. 
and we do our best as parents to send them out, to equip them to have these faith conversations and to encourage them to make their faith their own. Mm-hmm. That it's not our job to just simply thrust our faith upon them. Right. We tell them everything that we believe. We model it well. Yep. We have these faith conversations. And you know what? Children and students respond to that. Yeah. And that given the opportunity here at church to hear, hear what the Bible has to say, says and given opportunities... They're going to come to faith. I have an amazing statistic that I forgot to share in the sermon. Oh, let's hear. So we'll get it on here. But uh, Barna did a study, and it said that nearly half of all Americans who accept Jesus as their Savior do so before the age of 13. And that two out of three born-again Christians made that commitment to Christ before their 18th birthday. Wow. Over 67%. That we have such an amazing opportunity as parents, as mentors, as grandparents, as other family members, as adults, and as the church to really partner together to really invest in our children and reap the rewards of a legacy of faith that lasts beyond us. That we won't even imagine the impact that our children and our students are going to have on their friends, have on the communities they're they're involved in. That if they can see the power of the gospel right now, Mm -hmm. and that's going to make an impact in the future. Amen. Yeah. Preach, brother. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I would say some of you are listening and you feel daunted. Yeah. You feel like, oh my gosh, I've just messed up so bad mm. last week. Like I can't. <laughs> um, what I would say is just start today. Yeah. Just start today and do have that one spiritual conversation. Impress one thing. Um, mm-hmm. it, and actually, what I have observed in other families, when parents maybe have been addicted to something or had a done some crazy mm-hmm. sin or been terrible and then they were able to repent in front of their kids mm, yeah and then start living and teaching a different way like powerful. it actually is probably more powerful yeah. than the the parent that was doing it right quote unquote from the beginning right mm-hmm. so just start right now i don't Absolutely. care if your kids are 17 they're about to leave the house yeah. um or you know you're thinking about having kids whatever it is just start right now and start having those regular conversations and impress that on your kids and it will off like the Sawyer said. That's right. And that's how you can bring God in your 10,000 minutes as a family. Amen. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. I'm glad that you are joining us. Please come back next week for our next episode of the 10,000. Like us, share us, and we'll see you later. See you later. Thank you so much for listening. Sawyer Trapp again, our associate pastor here at Arise Church. If this podcast has impacted you, if it's made an impact on the life and the way that you live, we want to encourage you to do three things. The first is to subscribe, to get this podcast weekly on whatever device you're listening to. The second is we want to get to know you better. Perhaps we've never met you or you've never got the opportunity to join us in person for one of our Sunday morning services. We want to get to know you better. The best way to do that is to have you fill out a form at arisedenver.com slash new, and we will reach out to you personally to get to know you better. And the last thing is if this podcast has been a support in your life and it's been an encouragement, we encourage you to support us. We're all based on your donations, and we want to continue to make an impact in this community for Jesus. So if you visit arisedenver.com slash give, you can support our mission in this community and help more and more people follow Jesus. Thank you so much for listening.